This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential. At Earsports.com, we are part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casazzo welcoming in. Chris Anderson to talk a little bit about conference realignment. It's inevitable. It's also kind of prohibitive because you can't talk about things you really don't know about right now, which doesn't stop people from talking about it. Good or bad for our business, Chris? <laughs> Good. Is that all we do? Is all we do is talk about it, Mike? You and I. Have we learned anything since UCLA and USC? I don't know if that was aftershocks of um, Oklahoma, Texas. That was just about a year ago now. I don't know if that's its own earthquake that's going to have aftershocks. But since then, have we have we learned anything about the present, the future, what's going to happen, what could happen? Well, it seems like, yeah, they're they're more focused on moving towards that kind of, uh, I guess, mega conferences, which is what what has been theorized for quite some time you know hey is is, is it just going to be instead of a there was a, the six is now it's a five and then maybe instead of the five maybe it's a four and how consolidated are these conferences going to be and i think that's that's where with this ucla usc move and then the ensuing chaos and and all the rumors that came out afterwards was it seems like there are certain people certain schools certain programs that are trying to make a four a four conference thing happen. I think, you know, that would include the big 12, the, the vast majority of the big 12, maybe all the big 12, certainly the, the big 12 heads. Um, and, and even, you know, the ACC with all their talks, all these talks of merging big 12, PAC 12, ACC, PAC 12 alliances and backup alliances and everything else. It sounds like they're looking for four. And then you got the actual, the people who, and I, sorry for those that might not like to hear this, the ones that, actually have the power right now, the ones that have the leverage right now, the Big Ten, the SEC, they want two. They only want two conferences. And, you know, when when one side has all the leverage, they tend to get their way. Let's think out loud for a second, okay? Mm-hmm. You and I tend to agree this is going to come down to a level above everybody else in which it's whatever they call themselves, but currently it's the Big 12, excuse me, it's the Big 10 and the SEC, either as they stand or growing. And it's going to be 40, 42, 48 teams, and they're going to be on the top shelf. We, we kind of agree with that. Yeah. Which then means, I mean, currently your FBS Power 5 is 69 teams, I believe. You have your, uh, yeah, if you're adding in the teams that are coming into the Big 12, right? Like so then, the Cincinnati and BYU and et cetera. If you go 40 to 48, you're displacing 29 to 21 teams. I don't know if that's enough to start your own like subdivision, like in between the group of five and that Big 12 SEC conglomerate. God, man, Big 10 SEC conglomerate. So do you have like a 21 to 29 team division that's 
just below but also above the rest of the group of five? Or do you have a split that's those 21 to 20, um, 29 teams, 28 teams, whatever, plus the best of the rest from the group of five, and then a third FBS subdivision that's you know not quite there? Just I just wonder if we're going to have we, right now we have FBS and FCS. I wonder if you're going to have FBS one two and FBS one two three or whatever before the FCS. That seems so unusual, but also it, to some extent so inevitable too. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I don't know if that was the latter choice you gave me there, but the the teams that don't quote unquote make the cut for this forty eight or forty or whatever it is, those teams essentially become group of five teams. Uh, you know, they are in that 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 other tier of FBS. So yeah, I think it becomes the premier league, the FBS and the FCS is how it's going to look at eventually. I mean, there's also a system in which some of those FCS teams come up too. like, look at James Madison, for example, um, mm-hmm. would North Dakota state want to jump up? Could you do something like that? Like this, this whole thing maybe is subject to change now, especially the NCAA is no longer involved in it. Like they're, they're really not now um, when it comes to football, but if you see a complete separation, I wonder if some of these FCS teams say, wait a second, we'd love to be free of these chains and, and tethers. Let's go up and, and try to make this happen. That could happen here, too. It's it's a it's a weird new world, and it could be there before you know it, too. I just can't continue to watch the Big Ten and the SEC launch these precision strikes that take the pillars from major conferences and think that they're OK with leaving the ACC standing, especially when the ACC is. I don't know. They're not happy with their TV arrangement. They can't figure out what to do with Notre Dame. Notre Dame suddenly is suddenly Notre Dame continues to have all the face cards here and can pretty much do what it wants. It's it's imminent decision, I would think, to join the ACC or the Big Twelve. Um, might not Big be Ten. Imminent, Big Ten. Man, I'm having a tough time with this today. <laughs> if if you're if you're saying Notre Dame or the Big Twelve, this we need to put a a breaking label on this podcast and and post it everywhere. I'm not even editing these. This is going to make me uh, authentic for how confusing this is. But again, if they're if they're being pressed to make a decision about the ACC or the Big Ten, I don't know if they're necessarily going to do that because I don't know if you know what you're getting with the ACC, although that might be a better situation for them. But I think people forget, like, 15 years ago, like, they thought they were going to have a future in the Big Ten. Like, Mike Bray talked about it one time where, like, he went to bed thinking they were going to wake up in the morning and go to a press conference saying they were going to the Big Ten. So it's it's something they've considered before, and they could again. We'll see. I don't know, but so let's let's operate here, Chris, on how this might look because this will kind of illuminate West Virginia's situation and what I think is going to be something for a lot of people to consider. That room that has forty to forty eight chairs. I think forty eight is probably too ambitious, and I think you'll see why in a minute. Um, you could put a lot of people in there, but you're going to reach a cut line in that room of 40 to 48 people where the end of the line is going to look at this and say, this doesn't make sense. We're not going to win a national championship in this company. You know, we're not going to be able to compete even with our hundred something million dollar annual payouts. We're not going to be able to, you know, do what, I don't know, 15, 20 of these teams in the same room are going to do. Might we be better off in that division below from us? And like yeah. that sounds bizarre, but I think that's something that you're going to have um, discussions about if you're an athletic director or ch- a chancellor or president. Like, hey, 
is this realistic? Is this the best allocation of our expenses and our revenue? And and by the way, we're also a university that has academic missions. I, I think it's a fascinating conversation to see who's in the room of the 40 to 48 people and who maybe backs out of it or who doesn't want entry because you're just not going to compete and win. And like, and what are you doing at that point? If you're playing for championships that aren't attainable, might your life be better at a lower level where you can win the championships and maybe you don't make as much money, but you you still have plenty of money. Like I think people are forgetting you're still making 50, 60, 70, maybe a million dollars in the future here. It's still a good life, but like you're going to be more successful at that lower level. Although maybe not quite as rich, but not as successful at the higher level. I was going to say, I think maybe that that's, that's going to be more important than maybe a lot of people thought prior to some of what's been happening lately, because I believe, and, and this was reported, I, you know, I, my expertise on UCLA is uh, not quite what it once was, I guess, but they were broke, like UCLA, like that is the, not broke, but, but like their athletic department was in, in a bad situation prior to this move. And that was part of what played such a factor into this. And you have to wonder how many other programs, given the NIL moves, all this shuffling around teams, COVID, I mean, that we talked about that a lot, about with the, the COVID shutdowns and everything that went on with the pandemic and, and cancellation of sports and everything with that, how that affected schools financially. How many schools maybe are not as well off as you might think they are, given all the TV money? Maybe they aren't actually just rolling in the dough, or you know, maybe they are, but want to act like they're not. Um, because this, this is, as you put it, this is big, big this is big business. This is not, you know, your grandfather's college football program. This is a, this is a business that requires hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars worth of spending over the course of a, let's say, a decade. Then you got to build stadiums, facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to have to pay for your private jets. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just going to keep going and going and going, especially as the money is available. Like, well, you're making $110 million. Why can't you have your own jet? Why can't you pay for your own pilots? Like, all this I, this sounds weird, but, like, what's weird now is probably not going to be so weird in the future. And I think that probably extends to the conversation about the conferences. Here's what we'll do, Chris. Okay. Let's look at how a 40, let's just say a 40-team super league looks like, premier league as you called it. Um We'll, we'll limit it to 40 because I think this is kind of a fun number. 48, it kind of gets crazy, I guess. But you have your 69 Power 5 teams right now. And you would think, well, easy to get to 40. It's not. That was kind of striking. And I'm I'm drafting this list based on, ultimately, like there's going to be a, a front of the line and a middle of the line. But ultimately, you're going to have a back of the line where the schools go, I don't know about this. Like, is it realistic? Do I want to do it? Um, and there are some names out there that, like, are going to be shocking. I think that you might think would not be in it. And then there's going to be like a, a, a number of teams who are on the cusp that how do they get in? What would they have to do between now and that moment of decision? Whether they're invited or they say yes or no to an invitation, we'll see. But like, it's, it's an interesting exercise that I think will give people an idea that maybe it doesn't look great, but maybe it doesn't look hopeless either. I hope that makes sense. So, um, Let's just start the SEC, for example. Okay. You think everybody from the SEC automatically goes into the Super League? I think, it, you know, the first first time I looked at it immediately, I was like, Vanderbilt probably just says, hey, you know what? 
thanks, but no thanks. You know, we're, we're going to focus on our academics, focus on our other school. You know, they're obviously very good at baseball, basketball, a lot of other sports, varsity level sports, but football has never been their thing. It's, it's not a money loser for them, but is it worth them trying to keep up with what's going to happen in that league? And I have to think that the answer is no for them. I think that's probably accurate, right? Yeah. But after that, I don't know. Is it is it 15 of the other 16? You know, I'm, I'm counting Texas and Oklahoma already in for right now for what I had on my sheet here. But is that where we're at? I think you could have a conversation, for example, about like this is where things get riveting. What about Missouri? Right. Missouri's not winning a national title in in a, in a league that's just 39 other teams that are better than them, right? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one. What about South Carolina? Yeah, like uh, the, the, the I think that's the question that so many teams are, are going to have to ask themselves. Do what about we Kentucky? Go on this arms race just to finish thirty seventh out of forty teams, thirty fifth yeah. out of forty teams. So what are you doing? And then what is that doing to your other your other teams that aren't competing either that are hurting? So like. I'm just going to go alphabetically here. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia. Absolutely, I think. Arkansas, a bit of a conversation, but I think that that's probably going to happen there. Kentucky, I'm not sure about. Um, LSU, yeah. I had questions, but I said yes to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But I have questions about Mississippi State. That was the last one I put in as like a guaranteed. I could take that as a no. Or as a come back and check. Missouri, nope. South Carolina, nope. Tennessee, yes. Texas A&M, yes. Vanderbilt. But like, there's your... You're six. You're 16 when you add Texas and Oklahoma, which are obvious yeses. But a third of those teams, a quarter of those teams, maybe don't want to see at the table or don't get a seat at the table there. Right. Crazy. Um, let's go to the Big Ten. Okay. And again, we'll just go alphabetically here, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Illinois. I, I think they're having a. I think they're having a discussion and leaning no. Honestly, I'm with you. Indiana's a no, right? Right. Iowa. Uh, discussion, but leaning yes. I them as a yes, but I could I could see the conversation at least starting, but I can see them coming out there and being like, what were we thinking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Maryland. That's a tough one. Yeah. Because I, th- I think they probably have the money and the backers, and they're in an area that should have the financial means to stay. But... What has their football support been like over the years? You, you know, it, it it wanes when they when they are not a top tier team, their support wanes, which is what a lot of schools do. But we're talking about the top again, twenty five to forty programs out there. Are they one of the top forty programs as far as financial means and fan support? I think the answer to that is no. But they're in such a rich area of the country that they should be able to stick to it without, you know, taking a loss. But I just don't know if it's worth it. I have them as a no. Okay. But again, I think that's, again, you're going to have to get to 40. You would come back to them if you right. had that. We'll, we'll explain that in a minute. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Minnesota. Uh, a discussion and... I don't know about their financial situation and stuff at Minnesota. I mean, I know they're a large uh, state university and everything, but leaning. Just just not winning a national title, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, what what were you saying about, and I guess we will, we'll circle back on them circling back, but maybe that's one of those teams that's like, hey, you don't make the first wave, like a, a Hall of Fame ballot. Hey, you don't get in on that first time. 
but maybe second, third time, fourth, fifth time, or the, the old-timers league put you in. We'll see. They'll discuss it later. The Veterans Committee is what you're saying? Right. There, there you go. Veterans Committee gets, a, right. gets the Minnesota in. All right. Nebraska, yes. Uh-huh. Northwestern, no. Right. I had Northwestern out. Ohio State, Penn mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Purdue. I was leaning no. Yeah. Rutgers. Uh, I, oh, really? Okay. No, I mean, I, like my first immediate answer was no, but then it come back to just, again, similar situation to Maryland. There's a reason they were coveted, maybe too strong of a word, but there's a reason that the Big Ten wanted them in the first place. And I think that might carry over to, again, circling back with the Veterans Committee when they only got 38 yeses and they're like, hey, Rutgers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, how about that New York market again? You know, come on. And, and so, but I'm leaning no for them. Yeah. Then again, this thing might be so big, you don't have to worry about Metro New York City. So, psh, what do they bring into it? I'm not sure. Uh, finally, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in. All right. So, okay. real quick before I, because I, I got my spreadsheet going. Out of the SEC with the 16, counting Oklahoma and Texas, we said 12 were definites. Yeah, I did not have Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Okay, so we have 12 definites, and we can circle back on the maybes later. The Big Ten, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven definites. That was it? Correct. And then are we going to uh, – let's go uh, – So right. 19 out of 40 out of those two leagues, it, right? And then add in USC and UCLA. I'm trying to keep with the yep. times here. So nine. Mm-hmm. With the new the new Big Ten, at okay. twenty one out of the forty, and right. we've only gone through two of the five Power Five leagues, right? So you figure right. this would be a piece of cake. It's not a piece of cake, <laughs> and here's why. Let's go to the ACC. Yeah, Boston College. I know. I, I, as as someone who lived in Boston and who originated the Boston College site for twenty four seven sports, I can assure you that Boston College football ranks fourth i mean like literally like i mean it's it's basketball it's hockey lacrosse is up there uh if you live in boston you're more interested in every single professional team more than boston college if you even if you're outside of boston and don't even like like the celtics the bruins the the red sox etc you might be more interested in in bu in boston university you might be more interested in some of the other teams around there with their hockey than you would be in Boston college football. I do not think they have the money or support to even think about it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Clemson. Yes. Duke. That's a tough one. Really? Uh, I, I, mean, I just said no. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I think, well, it, what's throwing me off here with this, because I think football wise, the answer is definitively no. Um, it, it's I'm trying to think of it. So real quick, one clarification. This is football only conference quote changes, right? Like everything else, they would still be playing ACC basketball. I I think so, but man, I'm not sure how this is going to work. But I just think you're going to see football as a separate entity that doesn't right. have anything to do with an NCAA. Well, start. you know, like how West Virginia plays in, in different conferences for for soccer and different mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, I, that's what I was I wanted to make sure of because again, I, I go back to those discussions about. Wait, why is Kansas such a, you know, not a pearl, but why why are they talking about Kansas going to some other conferences? It's because of basketball. So would the same be true for Duke? I get you. I would say that it's just a football decision right now. Okay, then no. 
Okay. Florida State. Yes. Georgia Tech. No. That's a national championship program. <laughs> yeah. I would I would I would agree with you too. Uh Louisville. No. Miami. Yes. I think North Carolina. I, I, that's a tougher one because I think that one has a little more football to it than Duke does. You're not relying so on basketball and i might lean yes i think the honestly i think pride is going to step in for a couple of these programs and that is one of them introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm with you. I, I thought hard about them, um, but I gave them the nod. Okay. NC State. Mm. I said no. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one because we're getting to a group here. Well, I know you're going alphabetical order, so I don't know if we're coming up on that group yet or not. Yeah, we are, I think. I'm not good at yeah letters, but there, there's some you, crazy schools coming up. Yeah, like this NC State, Virginia Tech, UVA kind of realm here it, it is going to be something. But Pitt, I just don't see it. Never mind the tradition. I just don't see that. Yeah, a part of it, or them winning a national championship in the setup. No, I don't think they. I don't think they would be able to to pull it off. I think it would. It would be tough for them because how far, like, how long can you rely on what happened forty years ago for for this kind of stuff? Oh, a just, long time. I've seen this. But. <laughs> yes, but uh, as far as this is concerned, as far as like the committee that's forming this league, uh, like, hey, you guys were great back when Dan Marino was playing there. You, you guys should probably join. Yeah. Um, speaking of tradition, Syracuse. Right. That's a no for me for similar reasons. Yeah. Uh, Virginia is to me like a watered down North Carolina. I would just yep. say no on Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it uh, watered down North Carolina. I cannot wait. My my wife, a UNC grad and several of my friends, UVA grads, I cannot wait to say that at the next uh, get together, Mike. <laughs> uh, most interesting here in this group, I think, is Virginia Tech. Yeah. Are you uh, going around on them? I'm discussing it and might be leaning yes. Okay. Just because I think... It, I know, again, I don't think either side wants to hear this, but I think they are so similar to West Virginia 
as far as where they stand in like the history of college football and how their fans view their program and the support they have that I think for the same reasons, not to spoil what's coming up later, like West Virginia might be discussion and leaning towards yes, even though maybe it's better suited for no. And I think Virginia Tech's in the same same boat. Uh, Wake Forest. No. Notre Dame. Oh, y- yes. So now we have our running total of one, two, three, four, five, six. So we're at 27? Six. Yeah, I had six in the ACC. Okay. Okay, 27. So we got 13 left. Two conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go Pac-12. Arizona? No. I'm, I mean... I'm with you. Arizona State? No. Cal? No, I, th- I, I don't think I, they'd I, even... Like, it, it would be almost their choice. Like, I think, like, you know, they they would want... Like, a couple of these schools, like, I think, like, the, the committee that's putting this together would want a school like Cal or Stanford, and they would say, no, you know what? We're focused on other stuff. Thanks. I agree. Um, Colorado? No. Again, national champion. Yeah. And you would say no. Oregon? Yes. I thought there might be a discussion there, but yeah, I'm with you. It wasn't that much of a discussion for me. But no. Yeah. Uh, Nike money will guarantee it. Yep. Oregon State? I mean, are we doing the, the you have to bring your little brother to the party too thing? No. And okay. just not win a national championship. Sorry. Right. Stanford? I think they're no. I think they say, hey, we we are, you know, what what is it called? The Commander's Cup or whatever yep. it is with all the varsity sports. And they say, hey, we are we dominate in that almost every year. Um, we're going to focus on the 500 other varsity sports we have. Utah. No. Washington. Nope. Washington State. Nope. Unbelievable. Three schools in the Pac-12 and two now belong to the Big Ten. Yep. So we're at 30. No, I'm sorry. We're 28. 28. Yeah, because okay. we counted the UCLA and USC in the Big the Big Ten. Okay. Now we have the Big 12, which has four, 12 teams, right? Hmm. So this is going to have to go 12 for 12 to get to 40. <laughs> and guess what? It doesn't because you hey, start hey. with Baylor. Nope. Iowa State. Nope. Kansas. Nope. Kansas State. Nope. Oklahoma State. Maybe. Come back, right? Veterans Committee. Right. TCU. Nope. Texas Tech. Nope. West Virginia. I, I'm I'm in the same boat as I was with them with Virginia Tech. I think Three. they push hard for it and they want to get into it, even though maybe it's in their best interest not to be in it. Okay. Cincinnati. No. BYU. No. Houston. No. UCF. No. BYU might have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, I think, they. yeah. You know what? I guess if they they fought so hard for so long to try to get in somewhere with something, uh, maybe they don't pass up on this opportunity. So we have 28. 29. 29. Right, 29. 30 if you count BYU. Who's 29? West Virginia. Okay. So you put them in? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say 28. Okay. And here's why. I'm going to take West Virginia out, but I'm not admitting them because now you have a pool, and I'm not going to write these down, but – is West Virginia a top 12 school in this group? BC, Duke, Georgia Tech, Louisville, NC State, Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia, Wake Forest, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, Rutgers. The rest of the Big 12, 
Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, Oregon State, Stanford, Utah, Washington, Washington State, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. So we had 28. Yep. There's a lot of schools there. Uh, let me see in my head. 69, 41 schools I just, I just read. Right. Is West Virginia in the top 12 there? As far as football program history, success, fan support, yes. If they if this super conference had twelve invitations to hand out, would one of them say West Virginia? I think so. Yeah, I mean, again, because I think to your point earlier when I made the comment about Rutgers, like the TV market is not a thing, and it, it's a thing, but not a big thing anymore. And so I don't. I think you're going to be more focused on brands, which West Virginia is up there with that, with, with the way they've branded their program. And they're again, their fan support. And I think for that reason, West Virginia would be in there. Okay. Who do you think would be leading the 12? Like, I think there's a really good argument for, um, we have Virginia Tech in, right? Okay. Yeah. I think there's a really good argument for BYU, for example, mm-hmm. has behaved like a power five, has had traditionally some pretty good teams. I would think that Kentucky would probably want in. Yeah. I would think that Washington would want in. I would think that Georgia Tech would want in. So we're going with any team that's won a national championship in the last 50 years. See, but that's that's my thing. But how much does that mean? Which leads right. me to this too. Like, and this is this is why it gets to be such a, a tricky thing for West Virginia and this conversation. Um, we mentioned this before where they have been better off winning a national title in 1998 or excuse me, 1988. Or 1993. Remember that podcast? Very different. Yeah, or no, 2007. 88 or 2007. Okay, that's right. Yeah, sorry, my bad. So they had that conversation. I don't even remember. That's how riveting it was. But 88, 93, 2007, they were in the thick of it. Twice in close proximity, and then once, you know, not quite a generation later, but certainly some time later in the grand scheme of things, you know, 14 years. When you look at what happened after, and we, this is what we enumerated too, what happened after the 88 to 93 that's five years. That's pretty good. And they weren't the best five years in between, but they got back to it again, right in the conversation. 93 didn't work out very well. 93 to 2007 is a longer time. Um, and what happened after 2007 didn't capitalize on it. And then what happened when they got into the big 12 after that orange bowl season, didn't quite capitalize on it. If they win a national title, if they play for a national title in 07, if they win one of them ones, in you know 88 or 2007 maybe this whole conversation is different and like i point you to clemson clemson has a national championship prior to its recent run of success but worked and got itself to the stage that it prevailed on got into the playoff won a national championship if they don't do that some years ago if they fire Dabo after the orange bowl or he you know fritters out and he's gone to make a coach change you know get in there quite likely clemson's not in this conversation right right and then we're talking about Washington, Colorado, Georgia Tech, schools that have won national titles but haven't done anything lately, and they're not in the conversation. So tradition and history for like a program like Syracuse or Pittsburgh, that's great stuff for decorating your stadium. It doesn't grant you access to this exclusive club right now, too. And that's what's so strange because now like you talk about West Virginia, hey, what I forget what it is, 14th, 15th winningest program of all time. I think number one for most wins that a national title. But what does it mean? 
we're talking about if they're one of the best 12 teams that's left outside the inner circle. And if you are, do you want to be invited to and then accepted by that inner circle? Or are you better off being like, you know what? We've done okay outside of here trying to get into that inner circle. We've never made it. Let's take two steps back. Let's join this other circle and let's see if we can actually get to the mountaintop, so to speak. Sorry. Um, if they can prevail in ways they'd never had before. I think that's a decision that would not be a terrible one. It's It alters the course of athletics and maybe finances in some regard. I'm just not sure it's a bad idea. One more clarification I need here that might shape my decision if I were an athletic director or president or whoever's making these decisions. Do I still, if I am not part of this, like this is, we're saying this is completely separate. Like this isn't, you know, hey, that group of five team, if they go 13-0 and and really just run through it, they might still have a chance to play in a bowl game or the playoff, right? Like, like this is, if you're not in, you are out, out. Yeah, there's no like, we're going to take the best six teams from the two super conferences and give you two wild cards from the rest. Right. Like, there's going to be a specific playoff for just the whatever you want to call Big Ten, Big Ten SEC. Okay. And then the West Virginias and the the people who are not in that 40, I'm using West Virginia just to continue my previous conversation, but those schools we mentioned that are not in the top 40 or that are in that top 28, 29, as you had it, but don't accept the invitation in. They're good enough to get invited, but they don't want in. Again, that could be, that could be Stanford, for example, or Cal, like you said. I think those are good points. They might say no. But like that second cut, they would have their own, their own structure. They'd have their own regular season. They'd have their own playoff. I I have questions about the existence or the number of bowl games in either division at this point in the future because it seems like you could have a full blown playoff if you have forty or or twenty something teams or you could do something with it to make it work. But yeah, to answer your question, it's gonna be there's gonna be a wall between these for sure. Well, then I think that that would. That would affect my decision then, you know, if I'm one of those teams, not not the committee that's inviting the teams. But if I were a team that was receiving an invitation. And I was on the fence about it, that makes me lean. Yes, even if it might be even if I think the way it goes and the way we've seen it go in college football, the, the trends that we have seen over the years when it was just bowl games and that was that there was a, a little more interest in the season and what was happening with these teams and where they were going. And, and the more we focused on just a, a four-team playoff or just the BCS National Championship, uh, RIP, the, you know, that's where the focus became. And that's where the eyeballs went. That's where the fans went. That's where the money went. So if you are not part of this team, even though it's, hey, you're going to end up 34th out of 40, you know, eight out of the 10 years, that still might be better than being, you know, number five in that second tier, like being the fifth best team in that, that's whatever we're calling the second tier of college football at that point. Cause I, I think that there's just this tendency from fans, from TV networks, from big donors to focus and funnel their money towards the top of this sport. And if you are not part of that 40 and you had the opportunity to be part of that 40, it might be worth it to say, hey, this is a risk and we might not end up, you know, top five. 
but we'll stay relevant just because we are a part of this. It's it's a it's just a fascinating topic to discuss because I, I can see logic to everything you're saying. And again, you can't say no to $100 million, especially when the alternative is, I, I don't know what it's going to be, half, two-thirds? Like, that's that's a significant chunk of money to go away from, and you're not going to recoup it by being um, you know, the second tallest team you know in the in the field like you're just you're just not going to like you're not going to make up the extra 25 million dollars in guaranteed games or or your your playoffs revenue or anything like that there's there's going to be a disparity because that's why there's a separation in the first place you're not quite good enough there but you're not chasing those teams anymore that's the other part about it now too if you're in that second cut and you're not in that top 40 what that top 40 makes you're not really concerned with anymore because you're not competing against them so you're more concerned about making more money or the same amount of money as everybody who's in your current level. So the dynamics change too, and the and the the points that do pry the haves and have-nots apart right now and threaten the splinter this thing that to, in a way that leaves it beyond repair, they don't really exist in the future, which is kind of a, a different way to look at it, but actually will make some sense to people, I think, when they actually sit down and do this. And I think these are going to be conversations people have too. Like I, I've talked to one person who's in, in this stuff, and I think I showed you the screenshot, right, of who mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Like knows knows what this person is talking about and is of that mind that, you know, would a Stanford, would a Washington, would a Cal, I'm just looking at the Pac-12 here, would a West Virginia, Virginia Tech, a Virginia, a, a UNC be like, this doesn't make sense. Like we have tradition, we have success, we have resources, but even with $100 million, we're not going to win a national title. Even if we get there or close, can we stay there? I don't know. And then the other part about this is too, is if, if these two conferences splinter off and do their own thing, they create their own rules. And if they've got $100 million, what can they do with that? Can they have unlimited coaching staffs? Probably. You may may see that in the NCAA soon. Put a pin in that. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, What about scholarship limits? Would you have them? Would you have 85 or to be 100? And then if these schools can afford 100 scholarships, what does that do to the level of the schools that aren't in the top 40? Who are they getting? Like there's not going to be that many players if you have 100 scholarships for 40 schools. That's 400 players. ESPN has a top 300, 24/7 has a top 247, right? They're all going to the top 40 schools if you have 100 scholarships, right? So it's a crazy thing to think about there. Like you're talking, I mean, thousands of players that are, that are going to the top cut of schools, and then you're left trying to figure out what to do because you can't afford 100 scholarships. You can afford maybe 90, maybe 95. Maybe you can do a little bit more, but just the arms race is always going to stay there. But then again, conversely, what do you care what the higher division is doing? Because you're not competing against it anymore. If you just have 85 or you just have 90, how are you allocating your 85 or 90 compared to your your peers at your level too? So there may be a separation. There is a separation now. What's different in the future is that you wouldn't care about the separation above your below you as long as you are doing everything you can to maximize the restrictions that you're working with. Uh, what do we say about some of this coaching stuff? What do you always say? I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. The money's nice, but the work, no thanks. I love the paycheck and I hate the job. Right. Yeah. I mean, imagine, I mean, this is what you're in right now too. I mean, this is, this is kind of what it's going to be. And I just think we're, we're headed towards something that's going to resemble this far more than it resembles what we have right now. And the big question is, how do you get there? And when do we get there? Who says, who's the first school, the first block of schools that says, 
I don't want part of this. And then what type of damage does that do to that school on the field, um, you know, in the in the industry of, of athletics or academics? Like that's that's a heck of a march to lead. But you figure someone's going to do it. And perhaps it comes to television. I, I just don't know. Like if the Pac-12 has its rights marketed out right now and all of a sudden ESPN and Fox aren't interested because they're fixated upon the SEC and the Big Ten, that that might be like a a, a knock over the head that wakes some of these people up and say, this is just not for us anymore. This is obviously going towards two conferences and a smaller number of schools than we have right now. Perhaps we should think about something different too. Um, that would be interesting. A lot going on here. A lot of balls moving, a lot of plates spinning. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you can ask about it at Big 12 Media Days. I will be there. I will uh, probably not be asking the commissioner that one because I'm not sure he has the answer. Sir, would you like to break free from the FBS? <laughs> What's hey, your name, try Mike? with the new guys. New guys are trying to make a wave. You never yeah. know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyways, perhaps a useful formative discussion. It's it's lengthy. It's, it's a lot of schools and names and lists and things like that. But um, listen, there's not 40 schools out there that can do this without – the help from schools that may may or may not want to be a part of it or may or may not be desired. But if you're going to get the 40, you're going to have to maybe twist some arms and talk some people into it. But conversely, you may have some people in that, that second cut to get to 40 that don't want to think about it. It's, it's kind of a fascinating conversation about not only what is the future going to look like, but how do these schools arrive at their decisions and how do we get to the ultimate destination? I don't know. One way to find out is to stay tuned. This is a, uh, I believe it's fluid, Chris. Fluid situation. Fluid situation. As they all are. Um, I don't know. We'll just keep riding this and see where it goes. We'll be like water and take it where it leads us. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.